Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. If you're tracking with us these days, it should become become clear God's revealing mysteries, long-held, difficult spiritual questions that have confounded many Bible teachers and scholars for generations. We've recently talked about one of the most controversial of all, when will the Lord return? We know we can't know the day or hour of this age-ending event, but as we showed, based on the prophecies of two prophets, two Old Testament prophets, the mystery of the two days, the gap, that extended period of the last 2,000 years, it's mystery. The time between the death and the resurrection of Jesus until his future promised return is 2,000 years. It's not 48 hours. It's not 36 hours. God doesn't return to his place and turn his face from his covenant people for two days and then return. No, it's a longer period of time than that. If that time period is indeed between the crucifixion and the return, it certainly would fit in the, in the category of 2,000 years. Now, if we knew the exact age of Messiah when he suffered death, we could approximate, we could approximate the time of his return. How old was Jesus when he was crucified? Now, if you check with Bible scholars, most estimate he was anywhere between 32, 33 years old, maybe even a little younger than that. Now, all that said, I'm going to leave it to you to do the math. My point here is not to try to guess, speculate, theorize, or, or take any position that would point to the day and hour of his return. We can't. We're told not to. But Jesus, on more than one occasion, told his disciples, and really us by default, were to know the season of his return. As we've seen in these 90-plus episodes, the Bible gives us clear timing indicators of the season, an active period of time in which this age comes to an end and the millennial age begins. A season, not a day or an hour. Listen to Jesus in, in Matthew 24, verse 32. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it's near. It's at the doors. Well, what things is Jesus talking about? Everything, everything he just shared with his disciples in verses 3 through 31. Jesus is emphatic, adding, Assuredly, I say to you, this generation, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Well, what generation is he talking about? The generation that sees, observes, participates in, experiences it, yes, endures the events he just explained to his disciples in verses 3 through 31 of Matthew 24. That was not the disciples' generation. That's our generation. The events of Matthew 24 were a type and a shadow of what would occur in 70 AD when Titus invaded Jerusalem and over a million Jews were killed and the diaspora began. But the prophecy of Matthew 24 speaks ultimately of earthly and cosmic events that can, it can only be understood as a future Jacob's trouble and a great tribulation. Now, the, the prophet Hosea makes that clear in, in chapter 6, verse 2. 
after two days, not 24 hours, after 2,000 years, he will revive us on the third day. He will raise us up that we may live before him. Speaking to his Jewish audience, Hosea is assuring them that after they recognize their guilt and repent for striking the ruler of Israel on the cheek, as, as the prophet Micah shows, that's really a future event that would mean putting him to death on the cross. But on the third day, he will raise them up that they may live before him. Raise who up? A remnant nation of stiff-necked, covenant-breaking Messiah-rejecting people who will have just navigated Jacob's trouble, the Great Tribulation, and have witnessed Messiah Yeshua returning in the clouds as they go apart to mourn for the one whom they pierced. That's who he's raised up. As Moses proclaimed all the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 30, when you are in tribulation, and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God, and you will obey his voice. You'll go apart and mourn for the one whom you pierced. Gentiles who've just survived this great tribulation will go throughout the nations to bring those Jewish survivors back to Jerusalem, where the King of kings and the Lord of lords now rules with his people for the next 1,000 years. A mystery? <laughs> Absolutely. It's a big mystery. What bigger mystery can we speak of? It happens in time and space, and, and every last element of that event is experienced in the supernatural realm of the heavens, supernatural being the operative word here. The events leading up to that day, the revealing of the mysteries are beginning to be observed on the earth now, in this time period, 2022, the, the political, social, religious agendas, and, and their shifts in these days. The words of the prophets Jesus and the apostles give us clear clues and timing indicators for this, this glorious return. God never determined to keep the generation of his return in the dark. Mysteries are being revealed fast and furious, and the church of Jesus Christ is being summoned in no uncertain terms to wake up and pay attention. We must recover a sense of urgency for the time in which we live. An urgency not based on fear, but on, on power, love, and soundness of mind. A now event that requires a history with God, a time and a purpose, an investment, prayer, intercession, travail, corporate calls to prayer with a, a clear mandate and a call to apocalyptic evangelism, a God-ordained, clear-cut voice to the nations that it's coming. These events are coming to the earth. A, a supernatural event that's going to change everything. The days of debates are over, folks. The word of God is clear. The season is, is fast coming upon us. Declaring the mysteries, God has held closely to his heart for more than 2,000 years to be methodically revealed by his church to the powers of the air at the end of this age. Of all places, to the powers of the air, is that where we reveal them? To the principalities, powers, rulers, thrones, and authorities in the heavenly places? Well, that's their location at the present. The Holy Spirit soon plans an evacuation of those high places. 
When Satan and his cohorts lose a coming mighty spiritual battle in the heavenlies and are cast to the earth for their short time. Paul explains that in Ephesians chapter 3. The church is here to, to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, the stewardship, our responsibility, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things, all things through Jesus Christ. Listen, listen to the intent that now in this season, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Yes, <laughs> that lame-looking assembly that's encountering the power of the Holy Spirit being loosed of its spiritual sin and compromise, making the end-time plan of God crystal clear to the nations and to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according, according to the eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you hear that? You and I, you and I are being made responsible for making known the wisdom of God in this season. The mystery of sin and the mystery of the gospel make it known to the principalities, powers, rulers, thrones, and dominions of the air, the invisible realm in the heavens, the authorities who have opposed God's plan from the very beginning to make it known to them. No longer, listen, no longer standing around with a, a Disneyland view of the cosmos. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will, will come to you. We've somehow determined that if we paint a bullseye of success on our chests with the brightest red possible, if we become more inclusive, accommodating, accepting of the ways of this, this changing world, all will be well. Those little cherubs among the stars will, will raise their collective bows and connect with our wanting hearts. No, no. Our relationship with the God of salvation is not based on a Disneyland experience. Those arrows most often miss the mark. An interesting term in ancient Greek archery, it was called a sin to miss the mark. Yeah, you, you took your best shot and missed, you sinned. Isn't that interesting? Missing the mark is a sin. Listen to me, if we stand still long enough in the presence of the God of Abraham, if we quit jumping around, moving from place to place, position to position, theory to theory, God says, stand still, be quiet, and know that I am God, because I'm going to connect with my chosen, called out, elect, yes, predestined people in the greatest revival in history, and I'm not going to miss the mark. Do you hear that? <laughs> He's not going to miss when he aims at each one of us. What does Paul also say here in Ephesians? All this won't come without opposition. He says, our battle's not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness, again in the heavenly places. The Lord's body must be brought to its appointed time of fullness till we all come, all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. As my friend Reggie Kelly says so often, this age that we're living in now is not going to end in a Laodicean fizzle. 
It ends with the church militant triumphant because its human power has been completely shattered as we're freed from any residue of confidence in our collective flesh. So with our recovery of the sense of urgency for what's coming, we must also recover our understanding of the prophetic voice. This is not a time for clairvoyant prophetic trivia, trying to pass for the word of the Lord. This will be a generation of young prophetic voices who've invested multiple hours in prayer and intercession on their faces in one accord, crying out to God day and night for the word to deliver in the appropriate season. The prophet is to be found where people are straying, where they've not yet uh, accumulated a sufficient amount of oil in their lamps that will actually get them to the door of the bridegroom. 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. The church, listen, must also recover its belief in the existence of organized intelligent evil. The powers of darkness know this time is short. Satan is resisting his exposure in the earth. Paul says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, only he, only he who now restrains is going to continue to do so until he's taken out of the way. Satan will restrain, he will resist, he's going to resist exposure until Michael stands up and Satan is cast to the earth in the final three and a half years. A standing, a a resisting, a a restraining until it's abruptly brought to an end and he's consumed by the breath of Jesus at his second coming. Church, how many times have we heard this? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing of the heavenly places in Christ. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And finally, folks, we must come to grips with the fact that the powers of the air are They're actually intelligent, and they are organized. The demonic prince of darkness is not some toothless wonder. All talk, no bite. How how has that position ever worked out for you or for me in our spiritual walk, huh? It it hasn't worked out well, has it? Our battle with the the spiritual forces of darkness is ongoing. It's continual until until Satan is removed from the heavenlies. John explains that in Revelation chapter 12. Listen, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Folks, this is an event that comes three and a half years before the actual return of Christ. When the Satan is removed from the heavens in that battle with Michael and the beginning of the great tribulation. And let's go on with that verse. And then the church overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, 
to you having great wrath, because he knows he has a short time. While the the popular gospel song, I'll Fly Away, remains a favorite of many, and, and rightly so. You can see it on faces. I do believe, though, that what's little considered by those happy folks are the very life-changing events that lead to that glorious departure. In particular, the voice of the church to Israel, lost, broken humanity in the times of the end. That's the church's responsibility, and God gives it to us. Prepare your hearts, beloved. Listen, disciple the, the spirit of your mind to respond in a prophetic spirit an apocalyptic sense to what the Spirit is actually saying to the church in this day. Become a people of understanding who will be able to instruct many. That comes with studying your Bible, reading it, reading the prophetic scriptures, understanding they said what they meant, they meant what they said. Let's pray. Father, awaken your church, your body of believers, the eyes of our understanding, will be enlightened by your Spirit to know and to embrace with confidence your inheritance in each one of us. Continue to reveal your mysteries to the church, a corporate assembly that will have have the word of the Spirit for the season that's fast approaching. Lord, you're right on time. Nothing, Nothing gets past your time and your intent. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Go deep, beloved. Go very deep. That's necessary. You have to spend inordinate amounts of time in his presence to go deep. Do it. You're going to need it. The church is going to need it. The nations are going to need it. Israel is going to need it. Blessings. I'm Bill Nordstrom.